Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome in to this Tuesday, February 8th edition of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. Last night on TV 10, the Washington girls basketball team continued their fantastic season as they got a 39-27 victory over Musselman. Momentarily, we'll be joined by head coach Jason Smith. But first, Colin, what was your take on the game that you called last night? Uh, It was a pretty competitive game in the first half. It was uh, very low scoring, kind of uh, sloppy, a decent amount of turnovers on a both sides halftime it was 13 to 12 Washington led after a uh, last second um, free throw change there and that's what got them into the lead second half though they just uh, were able to pour it on the defense really stepped up um, foul trouble even though they had uh, their best player freshman um, Mary Rivera out for a majority of the game picking it up with uh, Harrison getting nine points and Washington was able to get another win I know you were uh, running camera Nick what did you really see from uh, that perspective for both teams though well I thought uh, it was a really good performance by Washington once they kind of got into their game. Saunders in the right corner. Saunders starts her dribble, drives in to the right elbow. Three-pointer from the left side. It's oh banked my. in. Michaela settles, makes the three. That's her first three points of the evening. The third three-pointer tonight for Washington makes it 29-20 to 20 with 6.40. Head coach Jason Smith now joins us on the phone. How are you doing today, Coach Smith? I'm doing well. How are you all? We're good. We finally got you here. I don't. We had some telephone issues there, but you guys got a big win last night. 39 uh, to 27 over Musselman, continuing a great season for you all. We did. Um, the girls played hard. Came out a little slow in the first half. Um, got a little foul trouble in the first half. Um, the bench stepped up in the first half to not let the momentum swing to Musselman because they they could have done that. Um, but it, it's nice having a deep bench this year and being able to rely on six, seven, eight, nine, ten players to continue momentum coach obviously uh last season was a tough one for you guys but this year has gone really well what do you think has been the biggest difference between last season to this year uh these kids have just locked in um when i took over the team last year i brought a philosophy in and i brought um an offense and defenses that they would succeed with and they bought into it um and I, I told them last year that I believe that they're better than what the past of Washington High School has given, um, and they bought into that too. And it's me believing in them and them believing in themselves that have really carried us into the season. Coach Smith, Colin McLaughlin here again. Congratulations on the win last night for uh, your team and 
it was a little bit of foul trouble there, especially for Mary Rivera, who picked up, uh, I believe it was three fouls. But somebody that uh, stepped up was Harrison with uh, nine points. Uh, how has you just been able to keep that depth going throughout the uh, year for your team? I, I have a team full of seniors and a team full of freshmen. And the key to the season when we started was when are my seniors going to be leaders and when are my freshmen going to mature? And Ari has shown great growth and maturity, especially after the winter break. Um, she's a hard-nosed kid. She just keeps playing. Um, and her defense has really carried her, and now that defense is carrying over into offense, which is giving her more confidence on that offensive end. And, Coach, obviously right now having a great season, but you mentioned last night when you talked to Colin prior to the game, just kind of you taking over over the last couple seasons and then, you know, last season kind of being the way it was with COVID, but this year kind of able to uh, have team bonding and other things like that. Does that help more this year and kind of show how far you guys have come as a team in just two seasons? Absolutely. Our our season ended last year with um, – we, we didn't make the playoffs because of COVID. Um, so we got shut down on the night that we were supposed to travel to Musselman. Um, and, and there was just that emptiness inside of us. We only had one senior, so the majority of my team was coming back. And it was uh, – we, we didn't finish last year like we wanted to. Um, and we want to take that hunger that those kids were having. We were playing good ball last year in – I think it was April because it was COVID. Um and we we brought that hunger back with us this season saying, listen, we need to show the Eastern Panhandle that there can be good ball coming from Washington High School. And Coach, you mentioned how your team is very much a lot of seniors and a lot of freshmen. And uh, Mary Rivera is one of those freshmen that have been or that has been a leading scorer for your team this year. Uh, what stands out to you, I guess, about her game? And did you expect her to play at such a high level as a freshman for you no and she wasn't a starter at the beginning of the season and then um one of our starters got injured um and and i had to rely on mary um but there's a hunger and a fire in mary to win um sometimes it becomes overwhelming for her um but we had a conversation on the bench last night when she got in foul trouble about what the team needs to her and what she has to do better. And she just kind of locked eyes with me and said, got it. And then at halftime, we, we talked about no more dumb fouls. We have to be on the court and I can't lessen our bench because kids are in foul trouble. I need all nine of you ready to play. And they all just locked in and said, yep, we understand now. Um, and now's the time you want those things to start really clicking in um, two weeks before playoffs. And as you just mentioned, uh, two weeks until uh, the playoffs start, what are some of the things that uh, you feel like your team still might need to uh, tweak come playoff time? And then what are some of the things that uh, you like from them as well? So in our first seven games, we went on that 7-0 run, and we were playing four quarters of basketball. And then we talk a lot about how long the basketball season is, and there's going to be lows and there's going to be highs, and then you get in the holidays and all that. And our conversation now is putting together four quarters of basketball. We did that Friday night at Musselman. We had four quarters of good basketball, and we just slowly pulled away from that team. Um, We played two quarters of good basketball last night, 
um, the first half was a little rough. Um, they stuck with it. Um, but it's putting together four quarters of basketball and us dictating what happens in the game and not allowing other teams to dictate what we're going to do. And next game for you guys, I believe, on Thursday, a big county rivalry game there against Jefferson. They got a gritty 57-52 win over Spring Mills last night. Uh, what is it going to take for you guys to beat them on Thursday? Yeah, yeah. The first time we played them, we were we were with them for a half, and we kind of fell apart in the third quarter, um, which proved to be too much to overcome. Um, it's putting together four quarters of basketball and, and playing the game that we know how, um, being strong mentally on the floor, being strong physically on the floor, um, and taking care of the ball for 32 minutes. And uh, you guys coming up, you, so you have four total games left on the season, two against EPAC teams, Hedgesville coming up on the 14th, and then two uh, non-region games against St. James and then Berkeley Springs before you hit the sectional tournament. What are you looking forward for your team here as you wind down the season and you know trying to get that bounce back win against Jefferson, uh, the redemption win against Jefferson, and then uh, a win against Hedgesville, uh, another win against Hedgesville? We're looking to, for momentum um, to have four solid games. Um, we want that confidence going into sectionals. And our goal right now is to play in the next week. Um, I don't know if any Washington team has ever played in the regional. It's always been one and done for these teams. And our goal is to be playing for as long as we can. All right. Uh, thanks, Coach. Best of luck going forward, and we hope to talk soon. All right. Perfect. That was the head coach there for the Washington Lady Patriots, head coach Jason Smith. Uh, four games left on the season before sectional tournament. Uh, got a lot of things going for them this season after a down year last season. And it's just his second year leading the program. Yeah, and that game against uh, Jefferson is going to be a uh, pretty big one. I'm pretty sure it's going to be who gets uh, the winner of that. We'll think at the uh, – one seed, I don't know. Unless tiebreaker change it, we'll have to double check on that. But I know for a fact if Jefferson wins, they get the one seed because they'll have both wins over Washington. So, yeah, they will, and that'll do it for this first segment. Just some other scores from around the EPAC. Hedgesville boys and girls get a sweep over Shenandoah Valley Christian last night. Boys got the win, eighty-four to thirty-two, to improve to thirteen and three. Lady Eagles got a forty-seven thirty victory. Uh, as I mentioned, Jefferson girls got a win over Spring Mills, fifty-seven fifty-two, and Musselman got a win over. Broadford and Christian Academy on the boys' side, 66-47. Tomorrow we'll have another EPAC roundup as well, but that does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We come back. We'll talk a little uh, Shepard and WVU hoops action. For at 12.30, we'll be joined by Andrew Gillis of NBC Sports Washington. But we'll talk Shepard and WVU hoops next after this two-minute break. With 
four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including Trivia Night Monday, Karaoke Tuesday, Steak Night Wednesday and Sunday, Thursday Night Boneless Wing Night, and on Friday and Saturday nights, there'll be a DJ and or karaoke. And remember, Monday through Friday, happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim? auto accident or fire insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen and when it does they don't want to pay or they offer too little at mansion Freddie, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim call us today for help in getting what you really deserve mansion Freddie, when you need justice do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu. Call us at 304 350 and learn more today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix here for your Tuesday, February 8th. Take a little look look at some shepherd hoops action from last night both men's and women's in action we'll start with women's as their game tipped off first last night they got a big win over california pennsylvania by 10 76 66 they were led by abby beeman scored 25 points marley mclaughlin scored 24 points mclaughlin went six for six from the charity stripe to help with that big win cindy clayton added 13 points um, Shepard only led by two at the half, 29-27, but they shot 50% from the floor, 31.3 from the chair or from three-point range, which is about their average, and they connected 15 of 21 from the free throw line. Um, obviously, a, another win, a, a, another or getting back in the win column after losing on Saturday. Yeah, it was a much-needed win against a uh, very tough California University of uh, Pennsylvania team. So. Hopefully that uh, brings them momentum for the uh, next test coming up against uh, Cutsdown. Yeah, it's going to be a big game on Saturday at the Butcher Center. Unfortunately, we won't be able to have that call as we have Martinsburg action on TV 10. Uh, but definitely a big win for them. And unfortunately, the men fell again last night. They're just they're so close every game. 
Like these last few games have been really close. They dropped this one 64 to 61. They're now 9 and 12 and 5 and 10 in the PSAC. Kyle Daggett, uh, just a machine, really. He had a game high 21 points to go uh, 7 for 14 shooting, 4 of 10 from beyond the arc, went 3 of 5 from the charity stripe, had 8 rebounds. Cam Stevens added 14 points. Um, and he had six assists as well. Shepard had a 33-30 lead at halftime. He just really couldn't close out the game. Shot 41.5%. Uh, but this team is, you know, they're not great right now, but th- they are showing signs. There's signs That's what there. It's and been it just, all year. And it's just, I, you know, you feel bad for guys like Daggett and Stevens who are seniors this year. Yeah. I'd say, too, though, you know, definitely something that's been a positive for them for the most part is they are able to keep keep teams in the 60s. Uh, their issue, though, is their offense, besides Daggett, really hasn't had much consistency in terms of production. So while you have Daggett doing great things down low and you're able to keep te- teams in the 60s consistently, they just haven't been able to keep their offense going or get into the 70s, 80s where they need to be to win those games. Uh, their their defense has been a strength all season. It's just due to injuries and, you know, overall just not having maybe enough good offensive players that just can't, you know, score enough points to win. I mean, they have a good defense clearly because teams that can score, you know, are held down yeah. in that zone. But offensively, they just have struggled besides Daggett. So um, I think that's the main issue for them right now. And obviously they're going to lose Daggett after this year. So Along moving forward, Stevens. yeah, moving forward they're going to have to find somebody or some other guys that can be more productive for them offensively. But I think there is some potential for this team moving forward. Just this season hasn't quite gone the way they wanted it to. And what's really unfortunate for them is that I don't think everybody uh, makes the postseason yeah. for the PSAC. So even though they are competitive with every team that they've played this year. They won't get a postseason chance to, you know, just have a couple things go their way finally and maybe get a couple wins here and there to possibly get a good run in the playoffs. But since not everybody makes it, that possibility is not there for them. And, you know, it sucks for them because, as I mentioned, in their close loss, they lost at Bloomsburg Saturday by five. So that's an that's a total two losses now straight. Uh, well, three straight, but the last two games by a total of eight points. Yeah. So you're there. You're in the ball game. You just really can't finish. And your secondary players, I think, is where Shepard's struggling, especially without McLean Corley. Because you have two guys that are, you know, consistently your team leaders, and then just it kind of seems like the rest of the team isn't picking up the slack of McLean Corley. And the game's solely on the backs of Daggett and Stevens. Yeah, I think if they had Daniel McLean Corley healthy, this team definitely could have won a few of these closer games. But also with his injury, it forced Kyle Daggett to be more productive offensively. He was already being productive, but now he's pretty much needing 25-plus for them to have a chance to win, or at least 20. Um, Which he's been doing. Yeah, he's been able to do that. Um but he wasn't really having to do that at the beginning of the year when Daniel McLean Corley was active. He was only averaging like 11 points per game, which is still good, but it wasn't... I don't think many people expected Daggett to go from a guy that was averaging about 11 to like now 20 almost every night. So he's been great for them, but I don't know how much he would have been productive if McLean Corley stayed in the yeah, lineup. You can't win games with just one guy. It yeah. takes a full team effort, and that's 
what Shepard lacks. Yeah, definitely. And sums it up. It definitely sums it up. Now let's talk a little Mountaineers. Unfortunately, we don't have time to play the Mountaineer report, but they're back in action tonight against the Cyclones, the Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State sixteen and seven on the season. The Mountaineers thirteen and nine. I believe what a seven game losing streak. Yep. They're trying to snap that tonight. Um, they're favored, surprisingly. They are. Are they favored? Let me pull this up to see what yeah, you. I think I looked last, and it was either two or two and a half, which is basically just what yeah, they put. They're for favored by two. Home. Yeah. Maybe they get so, back in the win column tonight. You never know. It's just kind of it's really how they'll play it. down the stretch of the game. Yeah, they definitely need it. Iowa State's a uh, pretty good program to hopefully just build some momentum. You got to get a win here, get a little bit of momentum, get another win against Oklahoma State to build it. Maybe Kansas State get another win, get a three-game win streak going into Kansas, and maybe get another shot back at March if you can get four straight wins there. It's a big, like, buck-up-or-shut-up time, basically, for this Mountaineer team. Yeah, this is an interesting game tonight. Iowa State's been ranked a few times throughout the season, but they've also had a few games where they've only scored in the 40s. So uh, this is a winnable game for WVU tonight. They are favorited on both the line and ESPN gives them in the power index the the chance to win at about 73%. So it's a must win. I think if WVU wants to uh, kind of turn around this season, they need this win tonight. If they lose this game, you can pretty much chalk it up as not going to be a play- playoff season for the Mountaineers. Yeah. That's definitely a big Unless part they were to win the Big 12. Be but. more comfortable if I uh, knew if Tash Sherman was playing tonight or not. Yeah, that'll sure. definitely be a big question going into this ballgame. But that does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and Designer Bedding, Outdoor Living, it's family-owned and operated, located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this two-minute break, we'll be joined by Andrew Gillis of NBC Sports Washington. He covers the Caps and the Wizards, but we'll be talking Caps on this segment as they're back in action tonight after the All-Star break. He, he had a story yesterday, uh, and that'll be what we're covering next. And that does it for this segment. We'll be back in two minutes. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. WVU Medicine is pleased to announce the addition of more healthcare services and physicians at the Shepherdstown Medical Office Building. All of this is right in your backyard. Cardiology, pediatrics and primary care, behavioral medicine and psychiatry, orthopedics and sports medicine, podiatry and foot ankle surgery, Center for Diabetes and Metabolic Health, endocrinology, as well as two departments of Berkeley Medical Center, lab services and x-ray services. Make an appointment today for WVU Medicine Shepherdstown at wvumedicine.org. Safety doesn't come from owning a handgun. It's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off of I-81, exit 5 at Inwood, offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on the six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Valley Guns 2 will conduct these classes on February 26th and March 12th at their Inwood location. Master the basics with Basic Handgun 1, taught by NRA-certified instructors. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or call 304-229-4411. 
The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg has a brand new list of daily specials. Monday, stop on in for burger night or enjoy a nice juicy steak every Tuesday and Wednesday. The Palace Lounge also offers freshly steamed shrimp Thursdays and chef specials every Friday and Saturday. Sunday is all-day breakfast and there are drink specials daily too. So come enjoy the Palace Lounge. You can find them on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix. Spencer Puinik, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us here as we get ready for the unofficial start of the second half of the NHL season tonight for the Capitals. They're back in action facing the Cincinnati. I don't know why. I'm thinking about the Super Bowl here. Columbus Blue Jackets. We're now joined on the phone by NBC Sports Washington reporter Andrew Gillis. He covers the Capitals along with the Wizards, but we're talking Caps today. How are you doing today, Andrew? Good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Caps back in action tonight. Without Alex Ovechkin, though, as he tested positive for COVID late last week before the All-Star break. And uh, some other players missing. You had a piece last night, or yesterday, I guess, late afternoon. Uh, Some lineup questions here after the All-Star break for the Caps. Yeah, um, you know it's it's kind of the same as it ever was. Um, you know the good news for the good news for the Capitals is that Alex Ovechkin uh, looks to be ready to play tonight. Um, Coach Peter Laviolette said that uh, you know all appeared fine, and you know he kind of joked yesterday that you know it, it's hard to keep Ovechkin off the ice. So um, Ovechkin looks primed and ready to go back into the lineup tonight. Uh, you know, and they certainly need him. Um, you know, this is an important week. Um, you play the Blue Jackets, you play the Canadians, you play the Senators. You know, those are teams that, you know, the Capitals should beat. And, you know, as you, you kind of alluded to this on a start to the second half of the season, I mean, now is the time when you start to look at the playoffs. Now is the time when you start to start to kind of look at those standings. So kind of getting those guys back in the lineup. Um, you know, Connor McMichael wasn't available at uh, optional skate yesterday. He will be in the lineup tonight as well. So you have some guys that you didn't you didn't know if you were going to have, um, but obviously Ovechkin being the big one. So uh, so that's some good news for the Caps going into tonight. Hey Andrew, this is Nick Verzellini. Uh, you mentioned it being you know an important stretch here for the Capitals, and it's kind of been a, a rough couple of weeks for Washington at times. Uh, but do you feel like this All Star break could be what this team needed to get it back going in the right direction? Yeah, you know, I, I think really, and I think it's the All Star break, and I, and I think it's the month of February, if we're being completely honest, because you know they, you know, they have the Blue Jackets and the Canadians and the Senators this week. You know, they're on the road next week, and then they they go to Philly next Thursday, and they don't play a game for a whole week after that. And in the middle of an NHL season, you know, that, that's pretty much unheard of. Um, but, you know, with the Olympic break not, you know, happening and then the all the schedule changes, I mean, you get a week off. And, and the Capitals are an older team. So getting some of those guys off their feet, you know, if you don't have TJ Oshie back by that point, you know, getting him back into the lineup would be would – be, um, 
you know, obviously great for great for them at five on five, and great for them on the power play where they where they really really need him. Um, so you know, I, I really think that this break and really the month of February is going to be nice for them to kind of catch their breath. You know, they're a veteran team, like I said, so they know now is the time that you know you got to turn it on. And and I think that as the month of February kind of clunks along because it's going to be very very hit or miss. Once you kind of get through this month with some with some long stretches, then it's time to turn on the Jets for the playoffs. So, you know, I, I think that really these next couple of weeks are going to be very, very important to, uh, to how the rest of their season plays out. Colin McLaughlin here. Andrew, thank you for joining us. Let's get back to uh, tonight's game now. As we already stated, Alex Ovechkin will not be in. You mentioned the... Uh, well, he will be in. He just mentioned he will be I in. thought it was no, still it, out, yesterday though. it was unclear, okay. but he just mentioned that he's coming in tonight. Well, then yeah, I'll just yeah, change well, it up a little bit to... tonight, it looks like. Okay. I'll just change it to the fact that uh, the weakness is... seems like the power play this year. How can the Caps get it back to being a uh, strength for this team? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a couple different ways to look at, at the power play. I mean, I mean, Nicholas Backstrom, you know, I mean, when you when you don't have that guy in the lineup, I mean, he's only played 14 games this year. TJ Oshie's only played 18 games this year. Um, just kind of getting those guys in the lineup, I think, will be will be key because then you can kind of build up some consistency. Um, but, you, you know, I think one of the things that was really apparent against the Oilers um, with that power play was when Ovechkin wasn't there, uh, you know, they lost last week to the Oilers. They lost five to three. They had three power play chances and they didn't register a shot on goal in six minutes of those power play, uh, of those power play minutes, uh, which is not good. Um, so I think when, I think that it was kind of clear at that point that, you know, when you didn't have Ovechkin to force feed, now, if you're ever going to force feed a guy, you want to force feed Alexander Ovechkin of all people. Um, but w- without, without Ovechkin there, I, I think it kind of opened up some, opened up some eyes to maybe say, okay, you know, we need other guys to contribute. You know, you need a John Carlson, you need Oshie back, you need Backstrom there. So I, I think that, you know, kind of getting pucks on net, just, Playing it simple, really, with this unit is going to be important because they have a lot of talent, you know. And you know, for you know, even with the injuries, that you know, they're one of the worst teams in the league on the power play. That's not something that you'd expect, even with the injuries with this team, just with the with the skill that they have. So, you know, I think just kind of getting back to basics is going to be really important for this team. And we talked with you at the beginning of the season. It, you know, obviously the Capitals are, are a team historically that do well overall here in the Washington D.C. area. Uh, but you know, to do as well as they have with a lot of players playing this season coming up from Hershey that haven't played in the NHL, what does that go to say about goes to show about uh, the depth they have in the minors? And after a few years ago, it kind of seemed like they didn't have a lot of depth in the minors. Yeah, you know, it's really been an impressive kind of year for them. You know, they're they're pretty safely in a playoff spot. You know, I I wonder what the NHL really thinks because if you look at the Eastern Conference standings, I mean, the the Capitals are uh, I think they're clear of the Red Wings by like 13 points, and they have the same amount of games played. So, you know, it would take a pretty catastrophic collapse for them to make the playoffs. So just to be in that position is pretty uh, pretty impressive. Um, but, you know, I, I think you can you can talk about the young guys and, you know, Martin Faravari on the blue line. I mean, he's been excellent in my opinion. Um, you know, he's been great. And, and you get 
kind of contributions from a couple of different guys. You know, Alexi Protoss, he's been very good, I thought. Um, you know, you can get a couple spot contributions from a Connor McMichael or, you know, Joe Snively looks to be in the top six tonight. So you can fill in those guys. But I, I really think that, you know, you also got to mention just how good that top line has been. I mean, Evgeny Kuznetsov's a point-of-game player again. Alex Ovechkin at, you know, 36 years old is atop the league in goals. Like, like this is a team that, um, you know, has, has really kind of relied on the younger players um, when they need them. Um, but the veterans still have, have kind of carried the way, um, specifically that top line. So, um, you know, they are still a veteran team, but, you know, I, I think that that's only going to help them in the playoffs because they've proven, you know, if you lose a guy or two, they've got the depth that can, that can fill spot on the third line in a pinch and kind of to follow up on that you talked a little bit about Kuznetsov when we had you on right before the season started we or yeah right about before the season started kind of said it was like a put up or shut up year for Kuznetsov after really two down years after one after they won the cup uh what does that go to show about who he is and the competitor that he is this season yeah, I mean, he just he looks to be having, you know, more fun than, you know, than he than he has. Um, you know, last year was obviously a really I mean, no one will no one around the NHL. I mean, this is just more than the Capitals. No one around the NHL will tell you. I mean, no one in the world will tell you that the last 2 years have been fun. You know, no one will tell you that you know, everything has been, you know, all smiles and sunshine and rainbows and, you know, I and I think that I think that that weighs on some guys. I really do. And, you know, I think, you know, with Kuznetsov, he had the two COVID tests last year. You know, one of them impacted him pretty badly. Um, I think this year, you know, he mentioned it in training camp, you know, that it was a year that you never want to forget happened because you want to, you want it to motivate you. But you also want to keep that in mind because you never want to feel like that again. And I, and I think that's kind of driving him a little bit. Um, and like I mentioned, you know, he's a point of game player again. And, you know, it's, it's funny. You can, you know, we can look at the last year, you know, as, you know, oh, you know, he, he had a down year. Well, it's a down year for Evgeny Kuznetsov. A down year for Evgeny Kuznetsov is a good year for a lot of other players. And, you know, with, with the talent that he's got, you know, he's been on that line with Ovechkin pretty much all year. Um, you know, like I mentioned, that's kind of been a big driving force for the Caps this year. We've talked a lot, Andrew, about the uh, the injuries for this team and Backstrom and Oshie kind of being in and out of the lineup. Uh, with that being said, do you think this team will be active as we get closer to the trade deadline, or will they maybe just hold out for those guys to get healthy? Yeah, you know, I, I, it's it's going to depend on um, on Anthony Mantha. I think um, Anthony Mantha is currently on long term injured reserve. Um, and the trade deadline is, if you know, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it's March 20th. So um, you, you're going to have to know by that day if Anthony Mantha is going to be able to return before the end of the regular season. If if Mantha is going to be ready, you know, in mid March and late March, you know, then the Capitals are kind of kind of tied. Their hands are kind of tied with what they can do. But if you're not expecting Mantha to be ready until the playoffs the salary cap goes away in the playoffs. And, you know, that happened last year with the lightning famously with, uh, with Kucherov. So, you know, the salary cap goes away. You can keep him on long-term injured reserve if he's not going to be healthy until then. And then you've got some space. Now they, they might have to, uh, they might have to, you know, retain or another team might have to retain salary, but 
Um, you know, I, you know, a guy that's been, you know, kind of talked about for a while has been Mark Andre Fleury um, as the Caps kind of look to upgrade their goaltending. Um, but you know, I, I think to answer your question, I think to be active at the deadline, I think you almost have to do something um, with this team. I think it's either, you know, it's either. It's, I guess it's and or a forward or a goalie um, because you you just look at, I mean, how good Ovechkin has been this year. I don't know how many more of these years he's got left. I mean, he's one of, he's one of if not the greatest goal scorer of all time, but you want to maximize that while you still can. You want to maximize Nicholas Backstrom while you still can. And, and I think if you want to do that, you've got to go all in. You've got to push the chips all in. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it's going to be a lot of questions. It's going to depend on the market. It's going to depend on the salary cap. It's going to depend on Anthony Manta. It's going to depend on a lot. But uh, you know, we should we should know here in a couple of weeks whether they are going to be aggressive or whether they're just going to play it safe and kind of roll with what they got. All right, last question. It's going to be a quick one because we're kind of short on this time for uh, this segment now, Andrew. Who is going to be the team to beat in this East for the Capitals to make a run? A team to beat, I got to say Florida, I feel like at this point, I mean, Florida's just kind of running through the Eastern Conference. They're, you know, the best team, in my opinion, in the league right now. And I just think their speed and their skill is just really difficult. So I think that Florida is probably the best team in the East, and that's the team Washington certainly wants to avoid in the uh, first round of the playoffs. Andrew Gillis, our guest. Thanks for coming on, Andrew. Talk soon. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. That was Andrew Gillis, NBC Sports Washington, covers the Caps and the Wizards. Uh, Shout out to him for coming on, talking to us about the Caps today as they start the second half. But after this break, we'll turn our attention to the NFL, joined by senior producer for NFL Films, Todd Schmidt. That does it for this segment, sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. We'll be back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games besides we hate it more than you do i assure you no dealership from winchester virginia to washington dc will beat our price no dealership from chambersburg pennsylvania to baltimore maryland will beat our price and no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it hagerstown ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price visit hagerstownford.com to schedule your vip experience click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk see dealer for details Ollie's VIP Northside is the best local spot to catch all of your favorite high school, college, and pro sports, or to hang out with friends. Ollie's has a great beer and cocktail menu, along with a food menu that will blow you away. Ollie's offers multiple TVs to watch the game of your choice from anywhere at the bar or their outdoor patio with cornhole and fire pit. So stop by and see for yourself today at 36 Veronica Drive in Martinsburg. That's Ollie's VIP Northside. We'll see you for the game. 
Hi, Crescia Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, believes he has some of the best real estate agents in the eastern panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is veteran-owned and managed. Please call us at 262-4222, modernrealtyresults.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. I couldn't think of something more appropriate than this, but before we get to our guest segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy, call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. You can stop by their offices located at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. We're now joined on the phone by the by a senior producer for NFL Films, Todd Schmidt. How are you doing today, Todd? Uh, greetings from Los Angeles. Everything's great. Everything's great getting ready for the Super Bowl there. And uh, so we Nick Collin and I were talking and found out a few weeks back that Colin knows somebody that works for NFL Films by way of his dad. So I was like, we got to get this going on. So, uh, Colin here, you want to start with the questions? Yeah, thank you uh, so much for joining us, Coach Todd. Glad to finally get to hear from you again. Hopefully you're uh, joining L.A. So you uh, there at the uh, stadium yet? Or are you still at the hotel preparing for uh, what you got? Set up wise today. This week, this week I'll be well, I'll be actually staying downtown for most of the week, doing my work here. We're doing interviews and podcasts and uh, informational videos with players, um, as well as a few other things. But uh, my team is going to be here, uh, working at the Intercontinental here in Los Angeles. However, that said, NFL Films is going to be shooting all week, all over Southern California, whether that be at the stadium or various places uh, near and far, just collecting content, doing interviews, getting stuff ready for not only uh, Super Bowl productions, but also throughout the year. You know, you have a, a large, cons- you have a large collection of players and coaches in one place. It's a great opportunity to collect, uh, you know, shoots and videos and, and interviews and things like that. So what do you specifically do as senior producer at NFL Films? Well, I make stuff. I mean, that's kind of the joy of it is I get to to make football movies, and I've been doing it for 25 years now. So it's it's everything from coming up with the idea to shooting to writing to selecting music and and making something. And in addition to that, I, I produce a show called NFL Matchup, which airs on ESPN every Saturday morning during the season. I also do a series called Greatest Games. I work on a show called YouTube All Access. So during the season, I'm plenty busy, uh, you know, feeding fans uh, insatiable appetite for NFL action. Hey, Todd, this is Nick Verzlini. Uh You talked a lot about uh, some things that you guys will be doing during the week of the Super Bowl uh, mm-hmm. on game day about – uh, what exactly will you guys be doing and uh, about oh, wow. what will your role be? Well, I have a couple things I have to do uh, Super Bowl day. Um, but let's start talking about films as a whole. We're going to have about 100 people down there. And we're shooting material for our productions about the Super Bowl. Now, what we shoot and what the networks shoot is completely different. The networks are shooting for that broadcast that day, whereas NFL Films is shooting for – 
productions which are going to be shown historically, stuff that people are going to be watching 10, 15, 20 years from now. So we take a historical perspective and a storytelling perspective in how we shoot and what we shoot. So we're going to have about 30 cameras shooting the game, and they're going to be sprinkled all over the stadium, and they're going to have different roles. Every camera has a specific thing that they have to do and are going to be shot in a certain way. For example, we'll have four cameras shooting from the top of the stadium, making sure they get all the action, one from the end zone, one from one sideline, one from the other sideline at a higher speed, so it's slow motion. At the same time, we're going to have several, I'd say maybe 20 cameras down on the field itself that are going to be shooting various speeds, capturing action. Some will be sound speed, some will be regular slow motion, and some will be super slow motion, where you can, you know, I'll use the David Kyrie catch as an example, where you can literally see the ball being pinned against the helmet when you could see the rotations of the ball and you could see the sweat flying and the snot coming out of guy's nose. We're capturing all of that. Then we have the sound we're picking up. We have uh, camera and sound teams on both sidelines. In addition, there will be several players mic'd, probably maybe four or five or six players mic'd and the official, possibly. So we're going to have cameras dedicated to everyone who's wearing a wireless microphone. All of that footage, um, a ton of it, gets sent from the stadium. The files get sent back to Mount Laurel, New Jersey, where there's a team waiting uh, as soon as the game is over to go through the footage. Once that happens, we start making our shows for the week. So it really is a massive undertaking um, to get all of that footage and get it in the hands of our producers who make great things inside the NFL and um, and Turning Point and uh, NFL Films Presents and YouTube All Access and all the shows, all the great shows we make. All right, now I got to ask, how much did my dad slide you to make you mention the David Tyree catch, Todd? <laughs> no, no, there was no Giants bias there. Uh, you know, you, you look at, you think about Super Bowl, and you think about great moments. You think yes. about Lynn Swan's catch. You think about, uh, you know, Willie Brown's interception return. You think about the Tyree catch. You think about, um, you know, Rob Gronkowski's touchdown last year that was captured perfectly. Um, you know, you you definitely want to make sure you're there for the big moments. We have something called a home run camera. So if the offense is, let's say, on the five-yard line going in, we'll have a camera on the other end. God forbid there is a pick six. We'll have a camera there to get that pick six coming at them. So we make sure we cover all tendencies, and we make sure we we are ready for anything that could happen. And if a great play happens, a great moment that's iconic, that lives in the hearts and minds of every uh, fan, we make sure we have that forever and can use it whenever we want. And uh, obviously you do a lot more than just be at the Super Bowl. One thing that that I personally enjoy is being able to go on YouTube and just go to the NFL Films official channel and see all the content yes. out there. Uh, one of my favorite NFL Films productions, because it was just so good, I, I don't. It, it tells the whole story uh, from the good, the bad, to the tragic ending is the football life that you guys produced about Sean yes. Taylor. How much, if any, did you oh, have my. a touch on that? You know, honestly, I did not work on that show. Uh, I've worked on A Football Life before. And those are incredibly personal projects because you have one producer who works on it. In the case of Sean Taylor, you know, obviously you have a story about a great player and a tragic ending. And, you know, it, it's six months of your life doing an hour show like that. And you, especially in this case, you interview family members, you interview close friends, and you really get inside the story. So those kind of stories are incredibly personal, and you never forget them. And if you really immerse yourself in it, you're going to have a great film. And that film was obviously fantastic in the way 
it was done. Because, you know, you, yes, the man was an outstanding defensive player, and yes, he had a tragic end, but he was a hell of a person. And all the things he did come through in that film, and his legacy comes through in that film. Todd, do you have any uh, favorite projects of yours that you've worked on at NFL Films? Oh, my. Is that hard to um, pick just one or so? Well, let's see. Uh, on the 75th anniversary of D-Day, a former player took a bunch of veterans back to Normandy for that anniversary, and we got to document it. To me, that was a favorite project because you're dealing with you know, a former player who's giving back. You're dealing with these 95-year-old men who fought you know, in the battle of their lives and returning to France where they're heroes, liberators. Um, and that turned out really beautifully. I think about the interviews I've done, um, interviewing Jim Brown, interviewing Tom Landry, interviewing John Madden, um, you know, even players of today, um, you know, interviewing Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think about the people more than I think about the projects. I think about sitting down and spending an hour with someone and getting inside their head and really learning who they are to me is my favorite part of the job. It's, you know, you know, you see the helmet, you see the great plays, you see them running around doing all this stuff, but they got there. They they got to the tippy tippy top of their profession. And you don't do that by accident. And as talented as these guys are, there are other people along the way who are just as talented who didn't get as far. So I'm always curious as to what's inside them that made them as successful as they've been. So this one kind of not Super Bowl related, but still with uh, NFL Films, the founder for yeah. NFL Films, Ed Sable. It will be seven years tomorrow since his uh, passing. Just wanted to hear uh, your comments and how he impacted uh, your career there. Oh, wow. Well, I know it's going to be tough. Uh, but. Yeah, you know, uh, Mr. Sable, when I started the company 25 years ago, uh, Big Ed had already retired, but his impact was indelible. And you know, what made him and Steve such great partners, uh, his son, Steve Sable, is that Ed was the sales guy. Ed was the classic three martini salesman, larger-than-life personality, and Steve was the artist. And together, they built an incredible company. But Mr. Sable, you know, if he was in the building, you knew it. You heard the voice. He was, he was larger-than-life. He would come barreling into your office. I, I want to see this. I want to see that. And you, you loved him so much, you would do anything he asked you to do, and he would make you laugh. And uh, he was so driven to, for us to be great. He used to say, you know, cheap is cheap. You want it to be the highest quality you possibly will. They'll remember the quality far beyond the time they'll complain about the price. Just make the best films possible. And all Steve Sable cared about was what was on the screen. Steve loved football and he loved filmmaking. And he was so dedicated to excellence and us doing everything we could to put the best possible product on the screen. And, you know, I miss him terribly, too. But, you know, Super Bowl weekend, I remember when, when Mr. Sable Mr. Sable had this odd trait of wearing, wearing red socks, these ugly, ugly, ugly red socks. And so Super Bowl weekend, when he, in 2010, when he was inducted, the entire crew, everyone there wore red socks in his honor. And sure enough, he was inducted in the hall, elected to the Hall of Fame that weekend. And Steve went in last year. And, you know, having Steve, when Ed and Steve went into the Hall of Fame, we feel like all of us had gone into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it was that special, and we're so proud to be part of this company uh, that has such an incredible legacy. Multi-time Emmy winner Todd Schmidt, our guest here on the Sports Mix, as we get ready to close things out. Just what's the best-kept secret about NFL films? Is there just a huge archive somewhere there with all the film for everything? Oh. 
yes, we have a massive vault with all the 16-millimeter film going back from the 40s and 50s newsreel stuff, all the stuff from when uh, the Fable started Blair Entertainment in 62 to when it was bought by NFL film, by the NFL in 65. All of that is in our facility in Mount Laurel, and it's an unbelievable resource. But I'd say the biggest, best-kept secret is the people, the skilled professionals up and down the production chain who are just so dedicated to what they do and make a very, very difficult production process seamless. Uh, everyone, you know, like Bill Belichick would say, everyone does their job. And at films, everyone's very proud of the job they do, whether you're in graphics or in audio or you're a colorist or you're a film processor. Um, you know, everyone's proud of what they do. And oh. that really shows through everything we do. We're out of time here, but thank you so much for joining us, Todd. No, my pleasure, guys. My pleasure. Hope you enjoy the game. Todd Schmidt, our guest here on the Sports Mix for Jason Smith, Andrew Gillis, Todd Schmidt, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Fersley. I'm saying so long, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.